we're at the forefront of a generational change in finance. There's a new face in Wall Street. That face is a lot younger. It's more diverse. It's more multicultural. And Robinhood has acquired basically 22 million customers over the past few years. 50% of those customers are first-time investors. They've never used a financial product before. And the median age of our customers is 31. That's Mark Siegel, Vice President and Head of Infrastructure at Robinhood. To put it in its users' terms, Robinhood has gone to the moon over the past few years, disrupting the finance world with a trading platform that's far more accessible and easy to use than the investing tools of the past. Robinhood launched as a mobile-first app, making it very easy for you to manage and see your investments, and it targeted a generation of folks that grew up with a smartphone in their pocket. Many of these folks are still first-time investors, and Robinhood puts a tremendous amount of emphasis on making the app easy to use, making it bright, rich, colorful, exciting. It's one of those apps when I first used it, I was really struck by the amount of polish and finish on the UI. But as Mark explains, opening the door for millions of new investors also meant finding the right company to ensure Robinhood scaled in proportion with its growth and continued to provide a one-of-a-kind trading experience. Welcome to the Data Agenda, created by WSJ Custom Content and Amazon Web Services. I'm your host, Michael Barnwell, Executive Editor at WSJ Custom Content. Today we hear the story behind Robinhood's powerful collaboration with AWS, But first, tell me, Mark, how have customer expectations changed around the trading experience? And what demands does this put on companies like Robinhood? We aim to be there for customers when they need us. So we expect our customers to be able to get a hold of us at any time. We've invested a lot of technology into meeting our customers' demands, whether they have a question about a trade or they have an issue with the app. And there are very high expectations on our infrastructure. When you're holding people's money, when you're holding people's investments, you have to be up and running People have to have access to their finances. And so there's a tremendous amount of emphasis across Robinhood to be up and reliable and to be usable at any time. What were the essential business needs Robinhood was experiencing that prompted its decision to reach out to AWS? I think when you're starting a new company and you need to start small, you really need a pay-as-you-go model. And one of the things that cloud computing at AWS offers is that pay-as-you-go model where you can start small and scale up. Now, scaling at Robinhood has been a fundamental issue from day one as the number of users that are actively using the app vary a lot over time. There could be a market event, there could be an external event that really drives a ton of traffic to the app, as well as a certain celebrity making a certain tweet about a certain cryptocurrency. It's very, very volatile. And one of the things that AWS allows us to do is dynamically scale up and scale down by factors of 10x or more in very short time. The second thing is, is that When you're looking at a set of services like AWS, they've been around for a long time. They've built a high degree of rigor around uptime and correctness. And it's just a whole nother level of reliability and accountability that we can have with a provider like AWS versus building all of that stuff in-house. And then the third thing is trust. Amazon and AWS are both incredibly customer-focused companies. They always put the customer first, and they've consistently gone above and beyond to support Robinhood and our customers. What kinds of challenges were your teams typically facing, and how has working with AWS helped address some of them? I can talk about a recent example where we were preparing for Robinhood's IPO, and we had our system set up to be able to handle a certain amount of load and a certain amount of scale, and we felt confident that the IPO of Robinhood itself would drive a lot of users to the platform, to a lot of trades. And what we were able to do in a short time with just a few engineers was able to scale up our capacity by a factor of, I don't want to say 10x, but let's say 3x. 
in order to absorb all that load. And then quickly after the IPO finished, we were able to go back and scale that back down to ensure cost savings as well. That's something that's very hard to do when you're running your own data centers, when you're running your own services. It's turnkey at AWS, and it's automatable with technologies like auto-scaling. How has data and analytics helped your company thrive? Robinhood generates a tremendous amount of data through our user interactions, as well as we collect a ton of market information that's coming in from other sources. Data analytics and data collection are integral to the business. And to give you a high-level overview of how we use this, things like fraud prevention are very important for us. We invested a lot in automating our customer experience. So if customers have issues, we can use data analytics and AI and ML to automatically classify their issues, route them to the right answers, and if not, then route them to a person to speak to. We've used them for efficiency optimizations, detecting both market inefficiencies and also detecting infrastructure inefficiencies where we're using way more than we actually need. Beyond that, we use it a lot for understanding user patterns and in their behavior. And we look at future product expansion based on what we see our user patterns. For Mark and Robinhood, while the data itself may sometimes be abstract, there's nothing abstract about the way it's applied. Beyond supporting the platform's customer experience, data drives decision-making on matters large and small, even taking on a cultural dimension for the company's workforce. It's at the heart of how Robinhood responds to challenges, identifies opportunities, empowers innovation. It enables us to be scientific about our approach to building products. So we can deeply leverage and understand customer behavior and sentiments. We can do things like A-B testing and other experiments to vet a new change on a small customer segment before rolling it out fully. We can do things like measure whether our customer is having a good day. Are they getting frustrated with the app? Are they having an excessive amount of latency or errors? And we can detect small problems earlier on before they become larger problems. The challenges with being a data-driven culture is that data can be counter to intuition. And sometimes it tells you something you don't want to hear, you don't agree with. And then you also need to take the time to measure and collect that data. And that's not free. So it requires an upfront investment in the infrastructure itself. And then there's an ongoing cost to that, where you have to continually reevaluate based on market events, seasonality, and customer sentiment. But the benefits far outweigh the costs. And being a data-driven culture from day one has allowed us to be very adaptive and very efficient from the start. So how does that culture come to life for your workforce? Robinhood's had tons of growth. We've hired tons and tons of people. And one of the focuses of this next year is how do we make our people more productive? How do we allow ourselves to release more products more quickly to the public? And one of those areas is developer productivity and understanding all the different ways that we use AWS as developers to understand where areas for optimization and improvement. So some of that comes down to essentially making it easy for people to spin up new services. And so we're building automation that allow new hires at Robinhood to spin up a service and get it into production within a day or two. That wouldn't be possible unless we had built all this automation. Let's turn back to Robinhood's users for a moment. What other considerations go into delivering a unique trading experience? Robinhood has dismantled a lot of the economic constraints with commission-free trades, no account minimums, fractional trades, no price fee advantages for wealthy investors. Basically, we've made the barrier very, very, very low. And we've actually invested a lot in financial education with our customers, with innovations such as learning tools, content formats that meet people where they are. More than 10 million people downloaded the podcast and 23 million people are part of the newsletter as of the third quarter of this year. And then we have a bunch of in-app learning modules that people can learn from. So we're really just not offering access. We're offering education as well. And then there's an aspect of it, which is about the emotional barriers to make people feel like they belong and that they're safe with health and support. 
How do you think the online financial services sector will evolve? And how is Robinhood positioning itself for success in this space? Well, I think we barely scratched the surface here. The financial services sector has a lot of things going on and it will continue to evolve and modernize and customer expectations will continue to go up to make things faster, to make things more accessible and more transparent. Our new product roadmap includes tax advantaged accounts for retirement. So that's one big area that young investors can get started in early and reap the rewards over decades and decades. We have something called ACATS, which will allow customers to transfer their existing investments into Robinhood. This just makes the barrier for entry even easier. And then IPO access continues to attract users. It's super exciting to say these investments that were only available to a very small percentage of the population are now available to everyone through Robinhood. We're focusing right now on trading options in crypto. That's traditionally what Robinhood has been about. But the company is going to be expanding into many other product areas over the next few years. That's going to require a rethinking of our architecture and more discussions with AWS about how we can best leverage what they're providing for us. It is the cloud provider with the most services available and the most flexibility. So we feel like we're in a good spot to change our product architecture to allow us to go into these different markets and these different vehicles. And we can release new products quickly as a result of that. The last point I'd like to make is that the geographic locations that AWS is in allows us flexibility if we decide to move to international markets. They have a global presence. Thank you, Mark. It's been great hearing about the rise of Robinhood and how it's building its trading platform. Thank you, Michael. It's been great talking to you today, too. Thanks to our guest, Mark Siegel from Robinhood. Join us again for an all-new episode upcoming on the Data Agenda. Let AWS help you reinvent your business with data. Learn more at go.aws data WSJ. The information contained in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Wall Street Journal Custom Content is a unit of the Wall Street Journal Advertising Department. The Wall Street Journal News Organization was not involved in the creation of this content. 